Hi, hey, hello everybody, FPL Teacher here, bringing you Leicester 4, Spurs 1. The, yet again, the Foxes score 4 goals, this time past a Spurs side that somehow beat Manchester City 1-0. And we look at what Leicester really did to enable the likes of certain heroes such as James Madison and Kelihi Iannaccio, just to figure out what they did best against a Spurs side that are so well known for playing on the counter-attack that was supposed to take advantage of Leicester's frailty at the back. Leicester, supposedly dealt a hammer blow through Tielemans' injury, had Napalmins Mendy fill in in central midfield. Alongside Dewsbury Hall, he basically helped bolster midfield in order to ensure that they tripled up against Spurs' midfield duo 3v2. So let's start with Leicester's approach on the ball that didn't really manifest any particular chances, but as it stands, we at least know that when Leicester do have the ball, they attempt to play three at the back by pushing one of their fullbacks extremely up high. In this particular case, they went down the left with Christiansen by default extremely high up alongside Harvey Barnes. Now while this approach didn't exactly work in the first half because Spurs pressed them relatively well, in the second half we saw the likes of Christiansen and Barnes actually dovetail working with each other to create multiple chances from that left flank itself. In fact, James Madison joined in the party especially when they were 3-1 up, basically working with each other as a triangle down that left side to create multiple shots putting Fraser Foster under severe pressure. Now, let's talk about where things became really decisive, and that is in Leicester's counter-pressure against Spurs players. So, it's definitely without saying that Harry Kane, Kyungminson, and Kuliseski have to be man-marked somehow, but the most aggressive pressure was on Harry Kane. Suitably, Leicester have a player that can absolutely follow Harry Kane wherever he went, and that player was Woodfast. The central defender that sometimes was unusually aggressive, resembling a certain frizzy-haired player that used to play for Chelsea, ventured into midfield basically to dispossess, oh sorry, not to dispossess, to put Kane off so that other players would dispossess Kane and in most cases, the ball would basically drop into central midfield for the likes of Mendy or Dewsbury Hall to transition the ball further forward. However, the most decisive contribution actually went through Spurs midfield straight to Ikea Nacho, who was in prime position to receive everything that dropped based on dispossessing Kane. So at this stage, for FPL purposes, the one name that benefited from both approaches would be James Madison. James Madison now doesn't exactly hang about centrally as a player that's supposed to be right behind Ihe Nacho, but really he uses Ihe Nacho as a pivot to receive passes from the Nigerian. On the counter press, Madison was basically waiting on the left side instead of Harvey Barnes. So that's a curious note really because we actually expect Harvey Barnes to be the one on the counter attack. Now in open play though, Madison does have the intelligence to recognize that Christiansen and Harvey Barnes do have a blossoming relationship down that left flank. So it just goes to show that Madison will most likely take advantage of that left-hand side dominance that used to be carried forward by Dewsbury Hall.
Spurs. This particular defeat was probably easy to have their finger put on their understudies that came into the game. Jaffe Taganga playing on the right side of central defence. Well, isn't the same, isn't remotely the same as Christian Romero. So at this stage, we have to assume that Spurs had a relatively passive back five that contributed to the widening gap between themselves and an aggressive front five. Bentecourt and Hoiberg pressed unusually high up just so that their front three could match Leicester's back three in possession while their midfield duo could press up to Leicester's midfield deep deep midfield duo. This was why in the opening stages, we saw the likes of Leicester's right winger Tete tucked in all the way into central midfield to receive the ball and there was basically no Spurs midfielder in sight waiting for a central defender to push up and confront him. So having said that, it has to be noted that whether they won the ball off Leicester or whether they brought the ball forward themselves from defence, Harry Kane still somehow had a productive day against Leicester. He didn't score here, but at least he did manage to use Leicester's aggressive pressure to play first-time passes out to the flanks. The curious thing is that being a right-footer, you'd expect him to find Pedro Porro on the right side, but at this stage, Kane's basically has his go-to to find even Perisic on the left flank. Perisic is a curious case because usually you would expect him to be waiting at the edge of the box. In fact, prior to this game week or a few game weeks ago, when Perisic did become notably advanced on the counter-attack, you would see him hover on the centre circle, if not parallel to that centre circle, bursting into the channels. Here, Perisic actually dropped slightly deeper, almost in a confrontational position against Timothy Castan. He would then use his first touch to actually bring the ball past Castan, which is an additional dimension to his play. Now, that being said, Castan's shots were, sorry, Perisic's shots were extremely wasteful. But given his two big chances came from Kane playing him in, it wouldn't be surprising to see if Spurs utilise this approach, at least compared to trying Hyungminson or Kulusevsky with narrow options. Now, worryingly for FPL purposes, Spurs trailing at halftime for the first time ever since game week 20 when they lost 2-0 to Arsenal basically didn't behave like they were two goals behind. The issue here was that their aggressive press could not be more aggressive. So they had to rely on substitutions such as Richarlison coming on and co just to change their formation and really it did not suit Spurs at all. Now that being said, we have two more games where Spurs have to navigate in terms of two London derbies against West Ham and Chelsea before we capitalise their fixture run of Wolves, Forest, Southampton, Everton and Bournemouth in their next six after letting go of Liverpool players after their double game week. It's always difficult to talk about Leicester players given that they do not have a double game week and at the moment a rather difficult fixture schedule. So really, we just have to enjoy the Spurs performances while Harry Kane continues to shine and the rest of them continue to flounder while watching keenly whether Leicester will continue to sustain this run given their new attacking partnerships up 
front. This is FPL Teacher who will continue to review Saturdays and Sundays games extremely promptly soon.